We will read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. In that day, they had heard, same as our day, God speaks, and they heard, they understood that. The book opens with the words that God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these days spoken unto us by his Son. They knew that in the past, Israel had heard from God. There was no doubt about that. <clears throat> Through a variety of ways, over different times. And they understood that it was God who spoke. And they understood that they had heard, their forebears had heard, whether it be at the mountain or actually through creation, uh, the observation of creation, through Moses, in different ways in their journeys through the wilderness. God spoke, they heard. Then over time, the prophets conveyed the message of the Lord. But now they understood in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. And later here in, in the second chapter, he exhorts them not to neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So there were primary sources that they had access to, some who were not there at the beginning, but it was reported to them by those who were there at the beginning. So God spoke, and they understood that. So on that basis, therefore, he says, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. Since God has revealed himself now to this generation, it was necessary that they be watchful and take into serious consideration what God had said and what they had heard from him. And then he says, why? Unless at any time we should let slip what we have heard. It's one thing for something to slip your mind that your parents have told you. You heard what they said or what your spouse, perhaps what you've promised to your spouse, you will follow through on. But we say, it, it slipped my mind. But here we see slip is a, is a nautical term, and it means to, to gradually drift without notice. Anyone who's been fishing from a boat in a, in a stream or in a river and knows what it is to let down the anchor and to think that you've gripped the solid rock, to borrow from the song, 
uh, only to look up after a time and realize you have, you have drifted. You didn't even notice it until it has taken place. I'm reminded of an Arctic explorer who was headed north through the seas to the North Pole area and determined that he could make um, more headway if he drew his vessel off the out of the water and, and across the ice toward north. And he did so, but a day later found out that he was further south than when he began, though he was headed north. He didn't know that he was on a huge mass of ice that was drifting south. So that's what it means to to let it slip in that nautical sense. It, mean, it means to drift and not, not be aware of it. So that's the warning. Well, that was then. And we see then through history that they did let it slip. After a few generations, uh, the gospel message became diluted. Some who began in the way didn't continue in the way. And that's a matter for uh, theological historians to, uh, to take. But we're concerned about now, you and me. And this summer, the past uh, few months, God has spoken individually. The Lord has declared himself to us along the way in different ways, different times, different services. Some services we might feel somewhat unaffected, but somewhere at some point along the way, God has spoken. We know it was God reaching into our heart. We, we have heard so we want to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, unless at any time we let them slip. If God checked our hearts along the way, and we, we've heard, as I said, we, through, through camp meetings and youth camp, those events are most uppermost in our mind. Of course, there's camp meetings all over, through the summer, but as far as uh, this sanctuary audience, that is what comes to mind. We heard during the Portland camp meeting, certainly we heard of the three Christian experiences. Some that stick out in my mind at least, uh, we heard about consecration, a contrast of kingdoms, a Christian home, the faith of old that works today, alive in Christ, God's roll call, our light affliction from a man who buried his 19-year-old son just a year earlier. So he certainly had the authority to preach on and teach on our light affliction. Youth camp, the road to heaven. We heard a little bit about that uh, Sunday evening. And then what that means, it means a, a dramatic 180-degree turn, a U-turn. We're headed one way, and, and to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ is to head the other. We know the way we lived before. We don't want to drift back into that way of life, that's for sure. So once headed the right way, then we want to be alert to the signs along the way. And they certainly are a plenty that 
remind us to be cautious or to stop or to turn or to keep going. Well, we're headed for heaven and we want to keep going. There was no fear in these Bible times that the gospel message would be rejected. If we continue through Hebrews, we see the greater fear was that the gospel message be neglected. We think of, um, in terms of drifting, it's hard to ignore Lot in Old Testament times and wonder how he could move from the camp of Abraham to pitching his tent toward Sodom, to living in Sodom. That's drifting. It didn't happen in a day. It happened over a period of time. But it didn't happen with Abraham, so it need not happen with you and me. When we think of the currents of, of our of the sea, or I'm familiar with river currents more. Having grown up on the North Umpqua River, we would swim this time of year. In our teenage years, when we were working on the farm, we would swim in the heat of the day, and then at the end of the day in the evening, sometimes in the morning too, three times a day. But uh, I remember one time jumping in the river with a friend of mine. We were high schoolers, so he, he was must have been 17, 18, um, maybe even out of high school, I can't recall, but he was used to swimming in a pool. So for him to jump into that North Umpqua River, uh, the current is deceptive. You can hardly see it moving, but when he got in there, he could feel it moving, and he panicked and flailed about and was able to get back to, to safety. But the, the currents of the world are deceptive also. That, that's the nature of a deceptive current. You, you cannot see it. You stand on the banks of the river. You see it's moving slowly, but you don't see it's moving forcefully. That, that's what it is to drift or to slip. It's to be out swimming in that river and thinking you're going upstream and you look at the shore and realize you were swimming this hard against the current, but the current was stronger than your progress and you're downstream. That's what it is to drift. Well, it's not that we don't hear it, the Word of God. It's what we do with it after we hear it. And that reminds us of the sower and the seed. Or we could say the sower and the soil, because that is the lesson, is the soil. The seed was good. The wayside, the birds ate it, never really entered into the heart of the hearers in the parable, so the wicked one snatched it quickly away. Well, we've heard it. I don't think it fell by the wayside. So that, that perhaps is the, the least risk. The stony places lacked depth, heard it, Embrace it with joy. But then trials or offenses came along, and that's what Jesus said, offended. Then there are the thorns, the weeds. That's to be choked. Heard it. It was God. God said it. We embraced it. 
But along the way, when we let it slip, whether we got occupied or preoccupied with the things of life, and that was the, the end result there. But then there's the good ground. That's what we have here. Good ground. Good seed. It's fruitful in the life. In Jesus' parable, some 30-fold, some 60, some 100-fold, varying degrees of fruitfulness. But it could be that the 30-fold was only expecting, or the Lord was only expecting 30-fold of that. So the amount may not be as important as uh, embracing it and, and having the good ground produce. Well, where, where are you today in your walk with the Lord compared to where you were last year at this time? And where, where do you expect to be, if Jesus tarries, next year at this time? Our barometer is not our own self. It's the Word of God. But nevertheless, if we can define our relationship with God as being a, a certain point a year ago, and we've made headway since a year ago, then that's good ground. And if we want to continue to make that headway to where we can look back a year from now and declare, you know, I'm, 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 I'm making headway. I'm still on track by the grace of God. That's good. It will take resisting the current. But look around and you see many uh, who have done just that for a period of uh, decades even. But we don't need to worry about a decade. Just, just worry about a day at a time. And it will add up to a decade in time. Well, there's no need to slip. And toward the end of Hebrews, he, he gives a solution to the actions we can take in terms of avoiding uh, this drifting. Let us draw near, Hebrews 10.22. Let us hold fast, Hebrews 10.23. Let us consider one another to provoke, to love, and to good works. There's some positive peer pressure. And verse 25, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but let's exhort one another. And that's what we're trying to do by the grace of God tonight. Well, we look, look ahead and we see victory ahead. We look behind us, we see victory behind us. And on that basis, we have every confidence that we're going to go forward uh, in the Lord and have that determination that he said was necessary as we give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. God has spoken to our hearts as individuals. We know we heard it. We've responded to it. So let's determine that we're going to stick with it and we'll see many more victories as we progress in serving the Lord in the days ahead until Jesus returns.